Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Welcome everyone to another vlog in the e-commerce growth show. Um, so now we're into series four, which is amazing. Super excited to uh, talk to you about this series where we're actually interviewing a set of uh, digital and e-commerce agencies across the world um, that are just talking about some really awesome subjects over the coming weeks. Um, as you know from series three, we were talking about um, best practice uh, adoption implementation of Segmentify with some of our, uh, some of our customers. Um, but as I say, we've moved on now to series four, um, where I've got a great guy I'm gonna introduce to you called uh, Stephen Carl. And uh, so Stephen, he was a very interesting guy. He, he's, he's, he was an early employee uh, of uh, an Amazon startup that uh, specialized in one hour delivery. So this is gonna be interesting. And, uh, and the company was called Cosmo.com. And that was actually back in 1998. So we are talking way ahead of the curve, obviously, in terms of what later became Amazon Prime. And, uh, and he was saying to me earlier, actually, that, that this whole idea of how Amazon began to differentiate in the space of e-commerce um, by delivery. But obviously, we'll, we'll hear a lot more later on. Um, but anyway, so you know, Amazon invested a lot of money in that. And, uh, you know, Stephen learned loads in the business. He's been actually in the, in, in the e-commerce community for 20 years plus now. He's really passionate about watching the trends and getting ahead of the curve. So really interesting guy to have on the show. And, uh, and actually at the moment, he runs a digital agency called Needle Movement. So uh, yeah, super glad to uh, introduce you, Stephen. How are you doing? It's great to be on the show. Um, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Phil? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks, uh, thanks for being on the show. It's, it's great to, uh, to hear a bit more about what, what, uh, what, what you've been up to. Um, why, don't, why don't we start with a bit of an icebreaker as we normally do. And uh, we were just talking earlier about Needle Movement. I mean, tell, tell the guys uh, why that particular name. Okay, um, so with needle movement, yeah, um, I had been I had been on the client side for a long time, and about five years ago, I just decided to start an agency, and that became Needle Movement. Um, why Needle Movement? I'm I'm sure your audience knows the answer to that because, um, always in business, I was trying to I had a holistic point of view because I didn't care how you got sales or how you found success. It didn't matter if it was search. It didn't matter. If it was the website email, I just wanted to see what really moved the needle. And then when I watched the news, all over the place, I would hear this phrase, move the needle. So that's how needle movement came about. And I think what's interesting about that term is about five years ago, I always thought about it as just more money, how the company can make more money and that revenue would instantly lead to success. And now I think moving the needle happens in so many areas of your life. It's just making progress in your goals. So that's how the name came about. Very cool. Very apt. I like it. Um, and and uh, the other thing we we, we I've, about, I've thought about that phrase "move the needle" a lot. <laughs> so that's how yeah. But, but needle movement is cool. It, it kind of uh, thank it, you. It goes well. Um, we also had a quick chat about conscious e-commerce, and I thought I'd just ask you about that before we kind of get into the meat and bones of the of the chat. Interesting phrase. Interesting couple of words. That I mean. What does, what does that mean for you, do you think, as particularly as you mentioned, being a vegetarian stroke, sort of vegan? Right. Um, yeah, so I, I think we all go on our journey and we have our, our different preferences, you know, so, you know, and I actually um, happen to be married as well to a, a vegetarian slash vegan. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I, I know what's good for me. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that's one, that was one motivation to becoming a vegetarian. Yeah. Um, but just having, you know, having broad experience in e-commerce and then noticing how buying habits are, have been changing over the past few years. Because I remember a long time ago, it used to just be about what's the price? Yeah. You know, how cool is this product? What, you know, what problem is it solving? And now I'm just seeing people are buying for different reasons in addition. I mean, you know, people are going to buy something with the lowest price. That is going to be a factor. But with brands, I think we can't really, you know, if, if you're, if you're, if price is the only differentiator you have, then it becomes harder to succeed. So that's where, that's how conscious e-commerce has become an intriguing trend as, you know, as I'm learning about different food options, um, different, um, you know, also, Environmental sustainability is becoming a huge issue in e-commerce as well. Um, so it's it's great to see how I think with brands, a lot of people on the brand side, people don't just want to talk about product or just want to talk about price. So you know, talking about an issue that they're passionate about or a charity they support is a you know, it's uh, the content team loves it, <laughs> the creative team because they have something else to talk about. It, it broadens the the palette of mm-hmm. things that you can use, and that's where. I see brands like Allbirds and Everlane, among many other ethical yeah. brands, finding some legs here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's interesting because in, uh, people would be getting bored now of me talking about Gumby's um, because in the UK, uh, I, buy, I, I buy my flip-flops like recycled rubber and just, I don't know. I got, oh, okay. I got once in TK Maxx and, and that was it. I became a kind of a loyal customer, but then I dealt with them directly on the website. And I realized I read about their eco-friendly kind of approach their differentiation through sustainability. Um, yes, it was a great price. Uh, it was still as the same price as Amazon. So there was no need for me to sort of jump ship and try and hunt on the price. Plus they free delivery and right in the middle of COVID, you know, I, I got flip flops in within 24 hours and it just ticking all those boxes of not just price that you talk about, which just nailed it for me in terms of my customer lifetime value of that brand. All right. Yeah, yeah. You just mentioned another brand I have to check out, but I, I love that approach that you're talking about because it's not like, you know, I, th- I think what's a turnoff to conscious consumerism is this holier than thou aspect yeah. to it, where it's like, I'm the most, we're the most sustainable company on the planet and that's all we do and everybody else sucks. And that's not yeah. what it is. I think like with Gumby's and like, and even I think Allbirds does this really well too. They don't just say, they're like, we care about the environment, but we're also into making really comfortable shoes. And they tell this story about New Zealand wool. That's gorgeous. So it's all these little factors. And then someone says, you know what? Like I, this brand gives a shit about people. This brand cares. Like I'm more apt. Like I can buy my flip-flops in a hundred different places. Now you've given me a reason to support you. Exactly. I think that you've got my psychology on it as well. That's exactly kind of how I felt. So it, Clearly it works, you know, but like you say, it's not just one or the other. I think it's a combination. You sit down and you realize that there is more ways than price. In fact, there has to be more ways than price to be able to grab that loyalty of a customer. And yes, you have to have a fantastic product, 100%. You can't just blag it on ecology and price because then you'll have a really rubbish flip-flop that dies within a month and you never do it again. Um, So yeah, no, completely. But no, interesting, interesting phrase. I've not heard that before. But um, so why don't we kind of crack on with the main topic, if you like. And it, it, it's this thing called conversation marketing that you, you, you know, we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. So 
Um, this is an interesting thing. I, I've not heard that. I mean, I'm not in your space, obviously, but um, is, that, is that a phrase then which is common? I mean, is it already known? That, or have you coined that? Or No, it's, a, it's, it's been coming up a lot over the past right. year. Some people say conversation commerce, chat okay. commerce, or conversation interesting. marketing. Very interesting. So the question is then, obviously you are, pa you are passionate about finding watching trends. You've been in e-commerce for a long time. So do you feel that this is a lasting trend? And obviously we're going to hear about it. And how should e-commerce therefore, our brands, our watches, how should they prepare for this type of thing that you're talking about? Yeah, so, so with conversation commerce, I think it, it is a, a lasting mm -hmm. trend. And we're in a good point right now because we're in that early adopter wave where there's not, there are plenty of companies that are doing it, but most companies are okay. not. And to explain conversation commerce, I mean, I, I focus on the channels of email, SMS, live chat, and Facebook Messenger. Wow. And it, you know, it goes in that, it kind of, it, you know, it fits into, um, there's another phrase that's making the rounds. And yeah, like I've been <laughs> being in this business for a long time, you hear buzzwords all the time and you just gotta, you know, gauge them. But owned media is a very popular one right now. And owned media is that brands can make brands, if brands own the subscriber mm -hmm. list, then they can market at their own cadence and they don't need a middle person like a Google or Facebook to have access to an audience. So because they're not paying for that audience, they're not paying a bounty for every mm -hmm. click in advertising. Owned media can be more profitable for a company. You know, so just how to, so now just having your subscriber list, mm -hmm. you know, I think with in, in America, TikTok became um, a, a hot button issue because we had these poor influencers who were rocking TikTok mm -hmm. and had, you know, with millions of followers. And then all of a sudden, the government is threatening to shut down mm -hmm. TikTok. So these influencers had millions of followers, like, what am I going to do? Um, and I think that's resolved yeah. now. Um, but it's, just, it's the idea of like, if you don't own the channel, what happens if they take it away from you? And that's where email and SMS, like building up those lists is really important. So I think what conversation commerce and conversation marketing is, is like, um, everybody says that marketing is about storytelling. And that is very true. An evolution is that we've now turned brands into human beings. They have, you know, companies like Casper, you know, they have human yeah. names. Um, and we, you know, just like with conscious commerce, we expect our, now we have all these millennials, especially and Gen Z, they expect their companies, they, have, they expect their companies to be good citizens. They treat them like human beings and they have expectations like human beings. So the extension of that, is, you know, if you like a human being, don't you want to chat with them? Don't you want to have a conversation? And that having these little bits of conversation deepens the relationship. Mm. You know? mm. So, you know, they say in marketing, you have to have 15 interactions with the brand to trust them enough to mm. purchase. And, you know, let's just say I have a live chat on a website with a customer service representative. I have a really good experience with them that makes me feel better about mm -hmm. the brand mm -hmm. um 
But, I, but that is what conversation marketing is. It's the ability to have a two-way dialogue so that, you know, as it, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, you know, back in the day when there was, or like a flea market, an open market where you have a buyer and a seller and they have a cute conversation and they, the buyer has certain things that they need to have answered and the seller is trying to bring out certain information. So by having a chat, you get all that done in one fell swoop quickly. Yeah, that makes sense. So in terms of the content, if you like, of mm -hmm. that type of messaging, it's, I mean, I'm interested, you've said that this is reasonably early adoption phase so that's interesting mm -hmm. so obviously we'll all i'll be familiar with email and the fact that is two-way in the sense that okay it's not real time but i'll get an email i can respond to it as opposed to it being you know one way if you like but when you start talking about messenger um sms etc what 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 does it look like in terms of the messaging and what, what are you trying to, I know you talked about the relationship deepening, but, but what exactly are you trying or what is, what is one trying to do as a brand within that medium? So we're okay. So we, I think email is a great place to start because we we all do it. We're all very familiar yeah. with it. And you know, the one thing you, I notice on email these days is how, how subject lines have changed so much yeah. that subject lines are just so conversational and that's the extension of it. Right. But, you know, with email, it's really, I guess what's nice about the, for content, your brand is going to have certain frequently asked questions and answers. Yeah. And you can riff on that. Like with a lot of a lot of content from email can be repurposed mm -hmm. into say an SMS or, you know, or a Facebook messenger or with live chat, it's really just, you have you know, whenever someone asks a certain question, you're going to have a canned response to it, you know? So it's, it's not, you know, I, th I think with, um, the, there is additional content, mm -hmm. you know, but I think email is a really good starter kit for conversation commerce. Cause we, we know what, we know how to build an email. We know what, you know, we've done abandoned cart series and little, like automations. Yeah. So now we're just kind of, maybe we're just, <laughs> taking the email message and cutting it in half and putting it um, into SMS. I think mm -hmm. with all mediums, it's like you just have to tweak it to the platform. But the good news is that you don't have mm -hmm. to start from scratch in many cases with these these newer channels. Yeah. So are you are you almost like are you saying that okay, so everybody will be used to getting emails from brands, a newsletter, um, a discount, a deal, a review, etc. Are you basically saying that this is moving now to repurposing that information, maybe, I don't know, cutting it down in some way so that it's palatable for saying a text message or messenger and you start getting that information rather than, or in addition to email via text and messenger for argument's sake? That's a good question. Um, I, I think it would, I don't think you're going to stop getting emails. Okay. I think it will, there will be additional, it will be additional um, message, like you'll get additional messages on those channels. I think with, but with, with SMS, I mean, every one of them is unique, but with SMS, it's a very personal mm -hmm. channel and, you know, you want, you want people to get nasty, send them an SMS every day. They will <laughs> not be subscribed to yeah. your list. So it's, yeah. there's a sensitivity yeah. on that. 
but I think it's it's really more it's kind of nice actually because I think e- people get away with murder on email where they just like they're like let's send to everybody and I'm sure everyone wants to get a message twice a day right yeah we're still <laughs> so, <have> two today <laughs> right so but you know I, I think with SMS you have to be very yeah. um, you just send important messages it's not going to be something where you send all no. the time no um, but it is an important part of the strategy you're basically saying that it's another if you use it carefully it shouldn't be something that we ignore we should be embracing it's a yeah it's i mean the you know with sms in particular the advantage is that you get around the inbox because i know like you know you and i like you know i i got 200 emails today and i didn't open every promotional message so i didn't i didn't open up the the gmail tab so i think you know all these email scientists are like why don't people open why don't people click it's it's because we're also getting so much more news and even with the holidays sms is how people are going to slide in because if everybody is sending an email on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, odds are your message isn't going to get yeah. through, and you know, or as effectively. So with SMS, they get eighty percent and up open rates, thirty mm. percent click through rates, and that's because there's no inbox. So if I really like a brand and I want the message, then I want to hear about their sale or the or the new product. So that is a way that you know brands can get around. It. Interesting. I mean, like you say, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, like you say, it's kind of an early adoption phase. How, how have you, obviously you do this, right, as part of Needle Movement from a strategy point of view. Um, how, how have you seen, have you seen any results from this type of thing yet? You know, uh, what sort of results? Yeah, so, and, and we're, you know, on, on the Needle Movement side, like we're executing campaigns for clients, you know. So, you, you know, the thing about, these channels that I that I personally like is I, I actually started off as a digital strategy person where I would work with brands and I would say, this is what you should be doing. This is the best use of your money. And what ended up happening, a funny thing ended up happening, which is everything kept going back to email yeah. because email is the most profitable channel, you know, and you, you always like, you know, with email brands typically can, they can find their most passionate audience, you know. So with, you know, with these channels, I mean, we're we're seeing great ROI. I mean, I think email has the highest yeah. ROI. And I mean, you get. Yeah, I don't want to throw out ridiculous numbers, <laughs> um, but you you know because I you know people say 100x. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if it's that yeah, high, yeah. but it's yeah. high. You know, it's, you're making you're definitely making more money on email than you are on you know on a lot of the paid media options yeah. that you have. You know, so that's, so that's where it starts. I think with SMS, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen like, if you're, you could be killing it at 25 X mm-hmm. revenue, you know, but I think with these channels, it's like when you're, when you're making, I, you know, I, I don't want to, we, we always get into like a, in e-commerce, there's this, you know, there's this war between all the di- different channels and what works yeah. best. And again, I like to see it holistically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've seen, you know, I've seen great results that come from conversational marketing channels. And it's just, um, it can actually be an extension of your paid media strategy as well. Because like when, when you advertise on a Google, a Facebook, a TikTok or whatever, you, you want to get people to your website and most of them aren't going to buy, you know? So it's not, so it's like sometimes with, I feel like with ads, there's this buy or die 
mentality with, unless they bought, this isn't successful. Yeah. And I think getting signups is awesome. Like if you can prove in your campaign, well, we, we sign people up to our email list. We sign people to our SMS list because then you own the relationship. You can market however much you want yeah. at your cadence. You don't have to depend. So, you know, but I, you know, just to answer your question about profitability, like I've, you know, I look at a number of dashboards and I'm very happy with the results that I'm seeing right now in like email, SMS and messenger. Sure. So, I mean, I'm interested in some of the applications because obviously you know, we're not an e-commerce brand segmentified, but in terms of the, you mentioned the sensitivity and the nuances around SMS messaging, for example, obviously we'll all be familiar with how fantastically powerful um, delivery tracking and, you know, guidance on the delivery mm -hmm. journey is via text. Um, and how that helps to obviously build customer loyalty, great customer satisfaction and lifetime value indirectly, like you say, as opposed to a direct sale, if you like. Um, in terms yeah. of application uh, within the segmentified domain, we have some interesting stories to tell around that. One, one which is quite compelling is that we did a deployment with a very large retail operation, both bricks and mortar and online. Um, and they wanted to utilize the payment token, the open payment token window. I, you have to excuse me, I don't know the full technical ins and outs. But effectively, I think you probably know better than I do that if you're using a payment gateway at the till, there's a token that opens up or something for a, a half an hour window after, after payment. And um, so we did this implementation whereby you could basically send a SMS message within that half an hour window based on the uh, recommendations, the personalization of that customer. And whilst they were still browsing in the shop or went out, get a coffee, go and have a pizza before they go home, you sent them a message that perhaps has analyzed what their abandoned basket was in inverted commas in the shop uh, or some other complimentary upsell and so on products that go with the item that they bought. And you say, hey, by the way, you know, there's a 10% there's a discount on this kind of right now. You know, why don't you pop back and grab it or something like that now that 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 actually raised yeah how to do it sounds it good was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome and it read and it raised um an extra one percent of revenue of annual revenue wow. of gmv yeah and this was a hundred million pound organization right so that was not to be sniffed at and uh so that was a really really cool uh, kind of deployment if you like of the kind of thing you're talking about i think in terms of the clever way to use this kind of chat um uh marketing you know yeah it fills it fills all the you know i don't think it's um it's a lot of the types of campaigns that people are already running yeah and then like sm in that instance sms made it easier that it's sms is an immediate channel so you could send that message mm -hmm. you know but it's not i mean i think you can start pretty you can do some of the same things that you do with email yeah but yeah. you make it a multi-channel thing because like what what people are doing now is like it's a it's an abandoned cart campaign essentially yeah. you're talking about yeah. and yeah. now what, what brands are doing is they just mix it up and they just say okay i'm going to send an sms yeah. a couple hours later then i'm going to send an email yeah. because everybody has their own favorite channel that they you know some people look at email more you know god bless my mother she likes being on the phone 
Like that's that's how she communicates. And then like my nephew, he's on he's texting all the time. So you want to just yeah, just just find people where they in their natural habitat and they'll respond. Yeah, I totally agree. Actually, um, the uh, so one one of the things. So you're right. I mean, I'll I know there's 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 many many people that will you know run their life on notifications, right? Push notifications. So segmentify is uh, is split into four key pillars, right? On-site recommendations, on-site search, push notification, and email. And uh, and obviously, again, in terms, I'm just thinking about it in terms of what you're saying around this conversation, commerce, and using different channels. So the ability to you know push out push notification for a price drop on the product that was abandoned. Yes. Um, you know something really quick and snappy, and it's literally like two lines, but it's coming in on a desktop or it's coming in on a mobile, and you've set notifications to that particular app, be it, be it Chrome or whatever. Um, all of a sudden, you've got access to those people that that like to operate that way. And I mean, I, I know people that will sit with their smartphone and every three seconds it's going bing, 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 bing. And they're like, whoa, what, what are you doing? You know, I mean, <laughs> that would do my head in, to be honest. Um, so I, I don't bother turning the notifications on and I, I might get a text or I'll try and control the environment more because I'll, I'll go into my inbox when I want to, you know, and not be like, you know, my, my life is run by looking at my phone every time it makes a noise. But I know that millions of people like embrace that and love it. Even my, my wife is like that, you know, it'll ping and off she goes and does her thing. So um, I totally, I totally agree um, in terms of hitting up the customer where they feel most comfortable comfortable it's very interesting and there's always like yeah there with messages there's always this um in marketing when you when you broadcast something on two different channels you typically perform better than one yeah you know yeah. so it's not that that combination of the two or three um you know fits into it but i think even you know on on the business to business side you know with i think with live chat there's there's been a lot of progress mm. with live chat and chatbots and the way customer service has been done. Because one thing that happened with, with conversation marketing is, you know, just like the both of us, we're always looking for the next thing mm. or, or new trends that we can leverage. Yeah. And I remember hearing in January of this year mm. how customers didn't mind chatbots because, you know, everyone's fear with automated conversations is, oh, I'm talking to a robot. This is going to be super boring and lame. But consumers were saying, hey, if a chatbot can help me and respond in five minutes mm -hmm. versus me waiting 12 hours for a customer service representative to get back to me or being on long hold times, mm -hmm. I'm all for the chatbots. And that's what came out at the beginning of this year. Um, and it just shows like that, you know, all, you know, by being able to send messages quickly mm -hmm. and responsively mm -hmm. instead of the perfect non-automated message it does you know it it gets it keeps you top of mind to your consumers yeah i mean especially like you say that technology is getting cleverer and cleverer isn't it in terms of the ai engines behind it yes so it, i think you know over the years i've used it and thought what a load of rubbish and then a few years later i'm on you know i'm doing it with talk talk or something i'm like wow that's actually not bad yeah like ai is not the robots and i think i think it's an important distinction that ai is is kind of like you being um what's the analogy it's like you being iron man and having a number of tools at your disposal so that you can do more yeah you know and that it's it's just it, it increases your productivity in a certain way yeah and that's 
you know it's not you know it's how to you know mm. but that's you know that and that's where the opportunity is that it will you know it helps us like some of the basic stuff that we don't want to do um yeah. it's easier to sort through it yeah no completely i mean a lot of people say that we're we're in the game of ai but really we're in the game of machine learning you know it's it's, mm -hmm. it's a different thing we're we're taking information and um we're serving up stuff which is super relevant super quick that's not ai you know that we're learning stuff really really quickly um but um yeah i mean just moving on to obviously we talked about kind of acquisition in a way list growth owning the channel right. owned media understand that completely have you got any tactics um for different ways in which to maximize your list growth so that okay so with list growth there's i think the main tactic that that companies have to do with list growth is to not be asleep at the wheel i mean that you know we, you know and that's the, that's the thing with you know with e-commerce we we focus all of our time on the tools but i think the staff and the focus of an organization mm -hmm. you know if you so you know the key thing a key thing to grow less. I mean, we'll get into tactics, but I, I think this is the number one thing that um, can set you up for success mm -hmm. is assigning a person, assigning a team for list growth and looking at that, looking at your list growth, the number of new subscribers you have, new accounts, new SMS, whatever, and having that be a key performance indicator that people will have to report on and optimize on. Right. Because then you have, you know, it's it's not about, I think e-commerce is not as much about rocket ships. It's about constant optimization because that's how you get, if you get 10% better every month, then at the end of 12 months, you'll be 300% up. And that's what you can do with list growth. I mean, in terms of tactics, a lot of it is, I feel like now e-commerce is like a diaspora where you have the people visiting your website and then there's people that visit your Instagram page and then there's your email subscribers. Mm -hmm. And you want to pull from all of those places, you know, so your like your Instagram followers, they could sign up to your email list, you know, so how do you get them to do that? So a lot of it is, you know, making all the, the people you already have who have already signed up and said, yes, I'm, I'm interested in your brand. I want to hear more, you know, how you get them there, you know, but there's some cool tactics. Like, I mean, you know, there's there's the obvious one with pop-ups. You know, where pop-ups are still very, you know, um, pop-ups on websites. Mm -hmm. Those the people that come to your website are probably your best, you know, highest quality traffic. Mm -hmm. So getting them to sign up through an incentive, um, through nice creative, mm -hmm. is a good way, and people do it. Mm -hmm. um, but the cross-pollination is cool too. Like, I mean, I heard of a cool tactic in email where on certain email platforms, if you're like, you know, if you want to get an SMS list quickly, you could put a message on every one of your emails with a content block that says sign up for text. Here's how you do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and then those people would be able to sign, you know, would be able to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, but people are doing creative stuff, even with text messaging where there's um, keywords yeah. and codes where it's, you know, people even you, you know, we're, you know, people even work with influencers where they'll say, you know, text sign up to the to the number three 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 two two two, and then when they do that, they get sent to a targeted page. You know, yeah. so those are some, you know, some tactics mm -hmm. that 
people can use. But I think a lot of it is just that focus of just, just because you have to tinker with stuff. It's there's no magic. You no, know, no, rarely do you, no. Your day one is your worst day. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, so I I agree. Putting dedicated resource, having a team you you've mentioned. So does. Obviously, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in an e-commerce business. So many things to have to do, mm-hmm. keep control of, etc. And obviously, coming from one little slice of Segmentify, you know, um, to pardon expression, everybody's trying to get in the door, right? You know, everyone's got a fantastic reason why they should be working with the brand, um, and um, and not decrying that at all. There's some fantastic technology in so many different areas out there, but of course, the team probably has only got so much resource and so on. And what you've said, as I've said, as we've discussed in other episodes, you know, there's so much in each of these areas of expertise that needs to be done, you know, whether it's doing the content, getting it out on the channels, getting the results, accruing the list and growing it, like you say, working out the next thing to do and so on. So does does needle movement kind of provide a service around this to sort of take some of that weight off the team? Do they assist the team? What what exactly would you say was your kind of you know, what do you bring to the table, if you like, in all this? Yes. Um, it, it all comes back to the team. And um, I I know the situation that brands are in because I was on the client side for 15 yeah. years. And we both know how hard it is to be in the in-house team mm-hmm. where, you know, especially this, you know, just the amount of initiatives that the amount of channels that people have to yeah. um, put together. I think, with, I think with brands, the number one thing is... You can reverse engineer your results and you can say, you know, because I, I guess with conversation marketing and things like email, for example, you can sit back and say, well, why aren't, what if we wanted to double our revenue in email? Like what's holding us back? Why, why can't we do this? And then, you know, probably one of the team members who's wearing 15 hats will have a very emotional response, but they're going to say what, what they need. Yeah. Like, do they need more creative? Yeah. Do they need someone to manage the automations? Do they need strategy? Like, is there no one technical that can help them? So the cre- the the art director is doing the coding. Mm-hmm. Um, is you know is the you know is the chief of marketing sending emails out when mm-hmm. they should be doing ten other things? Like, there's a lot of bottlenecks that happen. Yeah. You know, and I think with email, the biggest thing that's happening is it is not a do-it-yourself channel anymore yeah. because there's just tons of money left on the table. You know, so that's, you know, so have a lot of empathy for e-commerce teams where they're wearing all the hats. I guess where, you know, where needle movement comes in, um, it can be a full service relationship where you do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It can also be a supportive relationship where we're filling in a role. Yeah. You know, and and we've covered both areas, actually, Um, because I think companies are, have different frameworks. So sometimes they need, they have you know, they have the creative part down, they make beautiful creatives, but they don't know who they're, they're, they're missing a lot of opportunities on which audiences to send it to. But like, you know, your, some of this stuff, like the email team is, it's not a one or two person job, or it's not something one person can be doing in addition to four other things. It's, you know, there's, there's specific needs. So I think that's, so with our, with our clients, that's what we get into in the beginning, which is, you know, what's, what's holding you back right now and how can, you know, and where will having additional resources do that? 
be put into it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I know we come across this time and time again, but it does seem to be a, well, a trend for, for want of a better word, um, that this whole idea of extending the team out and that various areas of expertise outside the e-commerce team are now available for the team to be spread in a number of directions in a cost-effective way. You know, yes. obviously talking about what you're doing is one area, obviously in terms of personalization, that's where we come in with the same thing in the sense that, like you just said, you, you, you shouldn't really have uh, your, this area of your expertise sort of just piecemeal can't afford to do that anymore it has to be dedicated which needs resources put on it and therefore using an expert outside of your team as an extension of that team seems like a logical thing to do so if you want the best out of your content and your conversation marketing that you're talking about or you want the very best and the marginal gains out of your personalization or anything else for that matter technologically that you need as a brand it stands to reason that you need to work with suppliers that have the expertise and have the resources to optimize that area for you and with you. Um, you know, that sounds like that's where you're differentiating one of the ways. And certainly how Segmentify differentiates by being able to offer that kind of service um, where the expertise is being deployed for them and best practice is actually being uh, recommended to them as opposed to it being reactive, it's proactive. Well, it's, yeah, with all these new, and I think with all the new technology that's out there and channels, mm. in many cases, it's just hard to have the time to do the research. Like, you know, we have certain yeah. channels like search engine optimization and search engine marketing mm. where brands recognize that they're not going to do it all themselves. They're going to hire out an agency for that expertise. And I, we are, I think, fortunately for everybody involved, it is much easier to outsource than it ever has been. Yeah. People can do it at comfortable price points mm -hmm. and prioritize. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know, because I was like, I was talking, I just think with companies now, like, you know, why why struggle if you don't have to? I think especially if you can, um, it, everyone looks better when, once you're getting the results that you have. I think a lot of times it's just fitting it into budgets. And now it's possible to find resources yeah. at different price points. Absolutely. And just get problems solved. Definitely, definitely. So just, just finishing off this topic, if you like, before we round mm -hmm. off. Um, what about, I'm interested in, in your thoughts on the future of this particular space, um, conversation, commerce, or uh, mm -hmm. marketing. What, what does the future hold for it, in your opinion, as, as, a, as a bit of a trend spotter? What, what, what's, what other platforms, what other things are going on in that space? The future is bright in this area. You know, now we have... They're already, like for SMS, I mean, to quantify it, there are already thousands of brands um, that are, this was a, a big transition year for SMS that more brands got onto it. Um, the, the flow of conversation marketing is similar despite it being on different channels. So that is the good news for brands that you don't, like, you know, for the audience, you don't have to, it's going to be a similar flow that's going to happen. You know, what's, you know, where the future goes on it, like one reason why Facebook Messenger is an important platform is because it's really the first platform that fully embraced all the interactivity um, and is really a bona fide messaging app. And where we get this from actually is from Asia. You know, it's coming from China where people do everything on their phones. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just bringing it in. But Facebook Messenger is is the first one. And you just, I think the difference is that 
email and SMS are still not totally interactive, you know, based on just the age of those platforms. We're, we're making it more, you know, and innovations like 5G, I think, are going to speed that up. But Messenger is really made for that interactivity. And, you know, things like being able to complete a transaction within a chat itself, like not even having to go to the website. Things like that are in the future because it's in the best interest of all the platforms too. Every platform wants to close transactions because then they can get a cut. You know, so with so right now, you know, we have Messenger. It's going to go to other Facebook properties like Instagram and WhatsApp. Looking at things like display advertising, if you're Google and you have a display ad, wouldn't you want to have a conversation with someone that's clicking on it? So they're there is an incorporation of conversation marketing features into different platforms. Like, you know, that's already Google and Apple are doing betas on how much more performance they could get on like Google's situation and add that, you know, ask a question or where someone can interact directly through it, mm. you know, and that would be an automated chatbot attached to the ad. Yeah. So my sense is in two years, this is going to be much more mainstream than it is right now. Very, very interesting. And I mean, on that note, it's quite apt to sort of, I, I've learned a lot today. There's a lot of areas that I haven't really thought about, particularly in terms of marketing and these channels that are out there that certainly don't seem like they're utilized as, as well as they could be. And there's going to be a future development in that space, which completely makes sense logically. Um, if the if the what if the viewers and and the guys listening they want to get in touch with you, you know, spin a yarn about this stuff, talk to you about what needle movement does, you know, um, and get in touch just in generally, you know, what's the best way for for the guys to contact you? Um, I appreciate that. Um, the best way to contact me is to just send me an email at hello at needlemovement dot com. I open up every email, I respond to it. Um, you know, I am. Needle Movement is also active on, on social media channels. Um, you yeah. can find us there. Um, and I guess another way to stay in touch is, um, is I'm, a, I'm a fellow podcaster with Segmentify. <laughs> and so the, the Needle Movement podcast, you know, we're over 30 episodes in. And you know, we, uh, we like to chat about digital marketing, e e entrepreneurship, e-commerce. Yeah. Also like to talk about good music as well. So other <laughs> stuff as well besides that. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to, if, if anyone, uh, you know, if anyone wants to reach out, I'm happy to offer a, you know, a free quick audit or share, you know, yeah. any revenue potential of these initiatives. And I know everyone's got to do their research and figure out what's going to work for them. Mm. No, that's great. And it, that stuff works so well. Being able to give uh, some free expert advice and start to build a relationship with people is a great way of doing it. And, and that's great. You've got a podcast. You know, I don't mind you plugging your own podcast on my channel. You know, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I I'd actually have to. Sounds get like fighting words, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll have to get more, more out. But that's how. But podcasts, you learn so much through podcasts, and I just like I recommend to people, yeah, like you want to learn something, just listen to a few podcasts, and you're going to get some really good dirt. Absolutely, yeah. I'll have to get more out onto your channel for sure. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, to, just to, the entrepreneurial. Looking stuff. forward to it. I'm looking forward yeah, to yeah, it for sure. For sure. Um, well, I mean. Thank you so much for your time, Stephen. It was uh, it was great to, to hear all that great stuff. But I love to do this as a sort of a just a final 
thing. Mm-hmm. Not, not to put you on the spot or anything, obviously, but um, just if there was Uh-oh. one, <laughs> no, I'm joking. If there was like <laughs> one golden nugget, one thing, maybe from your experience in life or, uh, you know, as a vegetarian or in business or in, in needle movement, just one thing that would be something that you feel that would be really, really cool for our, our listeners or our, our viewers to take away. What, what would that be? I'd like to, I guess the final note would be the importance of being an early adopter. You know, I think there was a time, you know, having, you know, seen the waves of e-commerce over the years, I think there was a time where you could sit back and wait and let someone do the bleeding edge early work Mm -hmm. and you could reap the benefits on it, you know, but now what we're seeing is brands that fall behind. Like if you're, this is what happens. Like it's 2020. If your marketing playbook comes from 2018, there will be a huge impact in your results. You know, the, it's really, you know, that the early adopter wave, it's not about being the first, but it's about really, you know, like, like this podcast is great because you get to hear early on what people are talking about and just listening in and getting into that first wave, because that's how you, that's how you do well. I mean, a great, I mean, an example of this, like what, what's happening with conversation marketing, like I'm getting deja vu flashbacks on it because it just reminds me of what happened in 2014 mm-hmm. when Facebook started doing paid social and started doing lookalikes. And I was on the ground floor at that time. And there's, you know, you would be surprised sometimes. There's some people that are, you know, it's, it's possible to be scared by change. To say, oh, this new mark, this tech, new technology is not for us. Mm. We should wait. And what's funny is, in 2014, a lot of the a lot of the scaredy cats, they're all doing it now, because everybody else is doing it. Yeah. But the problem is, they're paying full price on it. In mm. 2014, like there were companies that killed it because they were paying pennies on the dollar mm. for this new technology, lookalike audiences that other people were too scared to do. So I think it's good on your team also to encourage early adopters because that's going to that's going to keep you ahead financially as well. I love that. I absolutely love that. And it, it takes a bit of courage, it takes a bit of boldness and it's a cultural thing. It is. And you know, mm-hmm. I think you know, I, I've talked to some other guys on some of these other shows, particularly entrepreneurs and so on and nobody nobody did it, you know, without being ahead of the curve to be honest. And you know, testing and measuring so rather than kind of burning everything on the on the chance that yeah. you may have got it wrong you know you don't have to go in full hog you know you can go in a little bit and test the water and make sure you are right um but i completely love that and totally agree with you um so yeah thank you so much for that uh, that wisdom Stephen. that was that was great um, thank you uh, and, and 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 uh you know generally across the whole chat i was uh, i thought it was really really great so thank you so much and uh, I hope that the guys that were li- listening and watching that you've um, you found something useful there. And you know, please do get in contact with Stephen if you've got questions or want to want to connect with him. You know, he's a great guy. Um, so actually, I didn't I, I didn't say where, where are you actually calling from because you're in the US. Right? <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, I'm. I am calling from Brooklyn, New York. Ah, right in the heart of it. Beautiful. That's right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, there we go. A Brooklyn man. Um, so yeah, so it just remains for me to say, um, that if you guys haven't, uh, registered already, please, uh, head over to segmentify.com forward slash podcast or forward slash e-commerce growth show, uh, now, 
given its podcasts and blogs but um anything you um, you haven't caught up with will be there anything that we put out will um will be put there and you can obviously subscribe as well um to all the shows that come out um, and also if you want to be on the show or you have any particular questions about topics that you want me to find out about or interview people about then do uh, send me an email anytime phil at segmentify.com but um yeah thanks so much for listening everybody thanks again Stephen, for some great discussion thank you so much phil for being on the show it's it's been a real blast absolutely and uh, no, i look forward to welcoming you on on again another time awesome all right awesome. take care thanks thanks a lot everyone